Shalom. Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear friends. We are continuing together with the study of the seven churches found in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. And we are studying the letters that our Lord Yeshua, the glorified Messiah, the head of the body, the assembly, the church, that he wrote to the believers as he was writing these seven letters, asking Yohanan, John, to put it down and to send it to every one of these letters. We remember that specifically when Yeshua was addressing them, he was really addressing the professing uh, assemblies, because in these local assemblies there were some who were truly believers and some who were not. And so the true believers are those who truly belong to Yeshua the Messiah. They have accepted him as their Lord and Savior. In our previous message, we have covered the letter that Yeshua, Jesus, wrote to the assembly at Ephesus in Asia Minor. There, there was a desirable condition, yet sadly, they have left their first love. This second letter, found in Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 to 11, is the letter that was written to the local assembly at Smyrna. Let me read these verses, verses 8 to 11 of Revelation chapter 2. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things sayeth the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works, and tribulation, and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer, Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And so here we are, my dear friend, finding ourselves now looking over the second letter that Yeshua wrote to the second assembly called Smyrna. To remind you that there is a meaning to every name of those cities, and just like Ephesus represent desirable, Smyrna come from the root word of suffering. In Hebrew, we call it mara or mar. It speaks of bitterness. 
And here, Yeshua, Jesus, is writing to an assembly in the city of Smyrna that have experienced suffering and persecution in their locality. Imagine what it means to suffer from the opposition around you, even in a local assembly, local congregation in one town or another. But also, beloved friend, as we are looking at these letters and we see it uh, that it represents historically the church age, the beginning Ephesus represent the first 100 years from 30 to about 100 AD. And here Smyrna represent the, the age of the persecution of the believers uh, throughout the age from about 100 AD to about 313 AD. It's a time where there was the Romans who persecuted the believers uh, throughout the world, but specifically in the locality that is called here Smyrna. So we read in verse 8, Yeshua says, And unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write these things, says, the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Notice again, he's writing unto the angel, angelos in Greek, malach in Hebrew, and malach or malach, malachi simply mean my messenger, the one that is uh, sent and raised by God to lead the local church, the local assembly. And so here, of course, he's writing to the spiritual leaders in the city of Smyrna who oversee the condition that existed there in that locality. Well, notice in verse 8b, he says, I'm the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Now, you see, in this expression here, first and last, and the one that was dead and is alive, we really see both the divine nature of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, and the human nature of Jesus, of Yeshua the Messiah. See, our Lord is much more than just a man. In Isaiah chapter 44, God said to his earthly people, to our own nation Israel, many, many years ago, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, this is verse 6, of Isaiah 44, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last, and beside me there is no God. In Hebrew, Ani Harishon ve'ani Acharon. How can one be the first and be the last unless he is more than just another man? So we learn here that Jesus, the Messiah, expresses himself in reminding the suffering believers at Smyrna that he's God. He sees everything. He is the first and he is the last. In John 1, you remember, we read in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We also read in verse 14 of John 1, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
chesed ve'emet. So the word, the eternal word, became flesh, became man. And the reason that Yeshua, God the Son, had to become a man is because he had to pay for the sin of this world. That's why he became the supreme sacrifice who died for the sin of this world. So he is reminding these suffering believers, these suffering assembly at Smyrna, he says, look, I am the first and the last. I am God, God the Son. I was the one who was dead, but now I am alive. I became a man. I suffered and I died for your sins. And now I have been risen. He was raised, Romans 4, for our justification. You see, the Mashiach could not remain in the grave, but he must rise from among the dead and be placed in the pinnacle of the universe. And God said, sit down at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And praise God, we don't have a dead Mashiach. We have a risen. We have a living Messiah who is risen and ascended and seated at God's right hand. So now, after he presented himself he presented himself because he mentioned that, and John has seen it already in the view, in the vision, in Revelation chapter 1 of the glorified Messiah that John has seen. And already in John, uh, when John saw him in chapter 1 of Revelation, verse 17 and 18, Yeshua said to John, Fear not, I am the first and the last. In verse 18, he said, I am the one that is alive, and I was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. I'm no longer going to die because I've been risen. I'm alive. God has been satisfied. Your sins are forgiven. Just believe on me and follow after me. Trust me. That is the lesson that we learn here from the, the letter that Yeshua write to the uh, assembly at Smyrna. In verse 9, Yeshua gives his approval on some of the things that occurred there in Smyrna. Now you notice, in verse 9, he giving an approval. He doesn't mention any disapproval of this uh, local assembly, because when believers usually suffer, when God's people experience tribulation, they usually cling to him. And they stay close to him. And so th because of their suffering, I'm sure there was something wrong like there is wrong in your life and mine. In all believers, there is something always wrong in us and with us. And Because we have a sinful nature. But the Lord does not condemn them. He does not mention any disapproval of them. But he is mentioning that which he can uh, 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 endorse. And so in verse 9, we read a few things. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know also another thing he knows, the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. You notice here that Yeshua mentioned a few things to these believers. First of all, he know their works. They were serving. 
They were working. They were laboring for the Lord and the Lord's people. Secondly, he know their tribulation. The word is tribulation is singular, tsara in Hebrew. They have gone through trials and tribulation. He cannot say it in a singular way, but it's, I'm sure it speaks about many trials and persecution and tribulations which they have experienced in their locality. Thirdly, he mentioned, and I know your poverty. Apparently, they became poor because of their faith in the Messiah, in Jesus, in the Lord Jesus. And they became poor physically and materially. But as far as he was concerned, he says, thou art rich. You know, sometimes a lack of problems in this world for believers cause us to neglect our spiritual growth. And we are no longer, you might say, oh, don't need the Lord so much in our life as we need him when trouble comes our way, isn't it? Well, they, because of the trial and tribulation, they stay close to the Lord, and that's why they became rich spiritually. You know, God had to say to Israel in uh, uh, in their, when they came out of the land of Egypt, God reminded Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 3 what a blessed nation they were because they knew the true and living God. In uh, uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, he spoke about the grace of our Lord Jesus the Messiah that though he was rich, he became poor and we through his poverty became rich. We are rich. The believers in Yeshua the Messiah are rich spiritually. The Lord may have given material things as well to God's people, but the spiritual wealth is so important not to neglect. And that's why he's saying you are really rich. And then he's the fourth thing he's mentioned in verse 9 he says, but I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. There could be two ways to look into this uh, uh, portion of uh, verse 9. Because there was Jewish, large Jewish community in Smyrna, in Izmir, they usually the Jewish people who did not believe in Yeshua persecuted their own Jewish brethren because they didn't want them to follow Jesus the Messiah. Like Shaul, when Shaul persecuted the church, he didn't persecute non-Jewish believers, but he only persecuted Jewish believers. He went to the synagogue in, uh, on the way to Damascus. He wanted to bring Jewish people who believe in Yeshua back to Jerusalem to be uh, disciplined because of their faith in this person named Yeshua, named Jesus. This is one way of looking at that. But there's another way of looking at this. is because the, the Jewish people are Jewish, whether they are uh, uh, believing in Jesus or not. They are physically Jewish. They were born to the, uh, as a descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they were born as part of the nation of Israel. And they were called the people of God physically. Of course, they needed to believe in God and to trust God. And salvation is only when one trusts the Lord. Well, it is very much similar because the Romans 
have actually claimed that they are the people of God because the Caesar was considered to be a god. At about 42 BC, Julius Caesar was declared to be a god with a small g by the Roman Senate. And the, the Romans were claiming that they belonged to the true God. But in actuality, as it says here in verse 9, they really are of the synagogue of Satan. So there are those two ways to look at that. But it's uh, most likely because this age of the uh, uh, Roman persecution from about 100 A.D. till about 313 A.D., there was a persecution by the Romans who persecuted the church, the assembly, the believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Well, moving along here in this very interesting passage, in verse 10, uh, the Lord Jesus um, is exhorting the uh, church at Smyrna. And you notice, when they were suffering, his exhortation was exhortation and encouragement at the same time. You know how wonderful the Lord is when he is exhorting, but he's encouraging. He knows when we go through suffering, when we go through trials. He knows the tribulation that the people of God experience. In fact, In uh, John 16, the Lord said to the disciples, In this world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Tribulation is part and parcel of the experience of God's people in a world that rejected Yeshua, the Messiah. Again, it was historically in Israel's history. Those that did not believe in the God of Israel always throughout history persecuted the nation of Israel. And it's the same thing. Those that do not believe in Jesus the Messiah throughout history persecuted the Christians, the believers, the Meshichim, those that follow Yeshua the Messiah. So listen to this, beloved friend. It says here in the next verse, in verse 10, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So the Lord is saying four things to these brethren, to these uh, people in the local assembly at Smyrna. The first thing he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid from these sufferings which will come upon you. Now, none of us look for suffering. None of us like suffering. But he is encouraging them. He is exhorting them, don't be afraid. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. Trust in the Lord. Even though, naturally speaking, 
uh, to know that one will go through suffering, it's terrible. But the Lord Yeshua is encouraged. Fear not. How many a times throughout Scripture, in the life of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, he said to the uh, disciples in Israel in the first century, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm here for you. So beautiful to see here in this passage. Secondly, he says, Behold, Satan, the devil, will cast thee, will cast some of you into prison. Notice that. He is already preparing them to know that Satan is involved in the tribulation of God's people. Do you know that, my dear friend? Satan always opposed the things of God, always seeking to harm the people of God, always seeking to be the one that is inflicting sorrows and sufferings upon the people of God. Well, you can see how clearly it is here. Satan, he will uh, cast some of you into prison. That's the second thing. Thirdly, Yeshua is encouraging and exhorting the, um, the local assembly at Smyrna that you will have tribulation for 10 days. Notice that. I'm reading verse 10 again. It says, The devil shall cast you into prison, that ye may be tried. And then he says, And ye shall have tribulation 10 days. Now, it is very interesting because the number 10 is a number of testing and responsibilities. And you can see that 10 days may very well be a period of time in the local assembly at Smyrna some 2,000 years ago that they will experience 10 days of persecution and tribulation. But again, as we are speaking about the chronological and historical setting from about 100 AD till 313 AD, the Romans persecuted the believers in that age of the persecution of the church. And some, it had been suggested that some specifically 10 Roman emperors inflicted suffering upon the uh, people of God. Uh, it began with Domitian, who already uh, banished Yohanan, the apostle John, who, who was uh, received that uh, book of Revelation, uh, that he was one of those that experienced the earlier days of the persecution, the Roman persecution uh, of the people of God. And finally, in verse 10, this is the fourth thing that the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, uh, exhort and encourage the uh, assembly in um, Smyrna. He said, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Let me read it. It says in verse 10, right at the end of verse 10, it says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. In Hebrew, the word crown, keter, life, chayim. Keter ha chayim. Very interesting. Keter is a crown uh, that you put on your head, and it speaks about life. In other words, 
what the Lord Jesus the Messiah is saying to these uh, believers who are suffering. He says, you just trust me. I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And when you will leave this sin, you are going to be with me in heaven and you will receive that crown of life. The thought behind it, that word for crown, is the Stephanos crown. It is a crown of a victor, a crown of one that is victorious and is actually have was able to defeat those that have opposed him. There is a verse that is found in the uh, book of James, in chapter 1, it says this, listen, Yaakov, James wrote to early Hebrew believers and he said to them, Blessed is the man that endures testing or temptation. Testing. For when he is tried, when he is tested, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. We can very much presume that the believers at Smyrna loved the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. They loved him because he first loved them. And they had to go through this persecution for his name's sake. Now again, they didn't ask for it. They didn't even want it, you might say. None, no believer want to be persecuted. Yet, they have gone through it. How sad that the world which should receive the Mashiach, the Messiah, and should become redeemed and be part of the company of forgiven people, yet are rejecting him. And of course, as we have read earlier already in verse 10, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried. Oh, my dear friend, you may go through trials today, Satan may try to discourage you, yet the Lord is encouraging us as he is encouraging the believers in Smyrna. Well, he's closing this letter by giving them, in verse 11, an assurance to those that will overcome the situation and the condition in Smyrna, a suffering church in a suffering age and the overcomer will be blessed by the Lord. Notice verse 11. This is the last verse in connection with the assembly at Smyrna. We read, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches, plural. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Now notice, he that has an ear, he's really challenging them. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you attentive to the, my word, Yeshua is saying, to the uh, believers there in uh, Smyrna? He that has an ear shall, as it says here, let him hear what the Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit of God, saying unto the churches, this is to all the assemblies, whether it is in Asia Minor, in the days in which the Lord wrote these letters, or whether it is today, in the last days of the church age, 
It is applied to all believers in every generation. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And notice, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. In other words, the one that will overcome will not experience the second death. And again, to remind you that an overcomer is a believer. Who is he that overcomes the world? First John 5, verses 4 and 5. But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. This is a positional overcomer. But beloved friends, we have to understand that because Yeshua is writing to the professing church, the true believers are overcome positionally, and they need to also overcome practically. But listen, if there is someone who is not a believer, and he reject the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, or merely have a profession and not true confession, he will have to suffer the second death. What is the second death? Let me just quickly remind us. We were all born physically when our parents gave us birth. But when we were born physically, even as babies, we were alive physically but dead spiritually. That was the first death. And so because we have accepted the Messiah, we will... We became born again. And because we became born again, we will never anymore need to suffer the second death, which is the eternal separation from God. But if someone is not a believer in Jesus, the Messiah, he or she will experience the second death. Look what we read in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. These are believers in Yeshua. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years. My dear friend, to be a believer in the Lord Jesus the Messiah assures us that one will never have to suffer what is known to be here the second death. And that's why Yeshua is giving a warning. If someone is merely a professor and not really a child of God, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. The second death will only be given to the unregenerated one, the one that are not born again. They are not only dead spiritually, but they will die eternally. The second death is eternal death. Well, may God help us all, that none of us, if you hear me today, that you will come to receive forgiveness of sin through Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, and that you will never have to go through what is known to be here the second death. May God help us all, my dear friend, and may God open our hearts to turn to Him, because in Him there is eternal life. God bless you. Until the next message, Shalom, Shalom. Shalom.